I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and this is the Dying to Ask Podcast. I love learning new ways to live better, easier, just a little bit more stress-free. Common theme with a lot of guests that we have on this show. Well, today I have two guests, and they are definitely kindred spirits. They have a podcast called How to Be Fine. Kristen Meinzer and Jolenta Greenberger on the show today. They are equally obsessed with all things happiness, health, and betterment. Now, they're not traditional experts. There's no alphabet soup after their name, but they are self-help critics. They actually hosted a show, a prior show called By the Book. And in that podcast, they lived by the rules of 100 self-help books. I'm not kidding you. So like The Secret, they read the book and then they did exactly what the book said to do. And then they would do an episode on what happened after they did whatever the book said to do. Um, spoiler alert, it usually did not actually happen. <laughs> whatever, the, whatever the book said was going to happen if you bought the book never really happened. But they basically have tried out every wellness trend you can possibly think of. So this new show they've got is about being fine or a little bit more than fine which is kind of a life goal, I think. This is actually like super doable for most of us. So they, they now like really look at all these different wellness trends and they do a deep dive into the trend, what they learned, what they think is a good takeaway, what's not. And then the second half of their show is advice for their listeners. And that is where they take the years of being obsessed with the self-help books and wellness and they weigh in with some, some advice. So it's not like self-helpy guru type stuff. It's more like girlfriends who know something kind of stuff. I really, really think you'll enjoy it. So Kristen Meinzer, for background, is an award-winning podcaster and a culture critic. She also loves the Royals. Her book, So You Want to Start a Podcast, actually won an Audi Award for Best Business Personal Development Book in 2020. That's pretty cool. And then Jolenta Greenberg, okay, she's hilarious, which is a good thing because she's a comedian by trade, <laughs> also a self-described reality TV historian. She co-authored a book called How to Be Fine, which was a book that she did with Kristen, and then she now co-hosts the How to Be Fine podcast. These two are really fun. So on this time to ask how Jolenta and Kristen first connected to get together to be podcast partners. The danger of trying to positive think your way out of jams. Why they say books with swear words in the titles, you know the one I'm talking about, or really buzzy catchphrases are usually a total waste of your time and money. How you can evaluate a motivational speaker. No shortage of those these days. How you can be a little more critical of the personal development space, whether it's podcasts, books, masterminds, so that you're not losing yourself or your money. And how they've been able to pivot living the advice of these self-help books to actually handing out some helpful advice in their new show, How to Be Fine. Fine is just fine. I'm good with that. Jolenta Greenberg and Kristen Meinsner are my guests this week on Dying to Ask. Have you ever wondered how did they do that? I do all the time. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick and Dying to Ask is the podcast that gets me off a TV news set and into candid conversations with authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and influencers I have been dying to talk to. Soak up the motivation that comes from learning how other people live their lives, how they take an idea or a goal, they follow through, and they pull it off. And maybe along the way, I'll get some answers to questions you've been dying to ask. Kristen and Jolenta, welcome to the Dying to Ask podcast. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having us. So I, I spent a long time last week going down a rabbit hole of your previous podcast by the book. (laughs) I just, I, so I, there is a part of me that definitely feels like I I know you after like listening to literally hours of you guys having a a good time (laughs) talking. What's the background and how you two became friends and started working together? Well, Kristen and I met, oh my gosh, Kristen, I actually did the math recently. It's like a decade ago. Stop it. Really? Yeah. 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 That's when I started working there. Uh, Kristen and I met at a job. I was uh, an administrative assistant for a morning news uh, radio show. And Kristen was the arts and culture producer slash movie critic. And we started hitting it off because it was sort of a stuffy news show. And Kristen was one of the only people who had like, <laughs> she, she was the fun one, like seen a recent movie or like knew what was on TV. So, uh, <laughs> and that's where my interests are. So uh, we started hitting it off and talking about pop culture. And um, then years, years later, I forced her to make a podcast with me. That's funny. So, but, but you guys, so where was that in New York? Yeah. In New yes. York. Okay. And you were working though, Jalenta as a comedian. Is that right? Yeah. I was a, I was a Jack of all trades, Jill of all trades. I, I am a comedian at the time I was trying to be a straight actor. I just finished conservatory. And so I was working admin at this news station. I was teaching theater to kids and I was also like working in a theater box office, uh, selling tickets. That's so great. I was doing a billion things and Kristen, had her head on straight and was, you know, working a nice, like respectable job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it because we did a, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago. We were doing something about work, best friends and those connections that come up. And for me, having those people who are those really tight friends, it's also like this great boon of creativity, especially if you work in a creative field, like the three of us do. Oh yeah. It it just, you know, it, it made work more fun knowing that I could laugh with Jolenta at work. And as Jolenta said, sometimes the place was a little stuffy and not everybody was laughing about the same things as us. And um, I'll also just take my hat off to Jolenta. She was always fun and kind to everybody. And, you know, she would have a get together and everybody would be invited. She was never clicky about anything. And, you know, sometimes the media industry can be a little bit clicky, but Jolenta sometimes. would be like, everybody come to my house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you guys are, are, have written a book together called How to Be Fine. And that has also become the name of your newly reimagined podcast. How did How to Become, How to Be Fine come about? The book or the podcast? Well, I guess we'll start with the book, but <laughs> I guess we should really explain the chronology because it's a little bit confusing, but not really. How to be fine is basically about what the book. All right. So Jolenta and I hosted for 10 seasons, a podcast called by the book. And on that show, we lived by the rules of a different self-help book in each episode and recorded ourselves. So we were kind of an audio reality show. You could eavesdrop on our lives, on our marriages, on how each of these books Uh, enhanced or destroyed our lives and marriages. And we were constantly being asked by listeners, when are you going to compile what you've learned into a book and write your own self-help book, essentially? And so eventually we're like, yeah, we've lived by enough books now. At the point, um, I think we decided we wanted to live by at least 50 books before we would write a book about it. And so we did. And that book became How to Be Fine. And then as By the Book was approaching its 10th season, Jolenta and I talked about what did we want to do next? Let, let's uh, stop by the booking on a high note. 
And let's move on to something else that we're really excited about that maintains the spirit of by the book, where we're still talking about wellness, um, but expanding it beyond books into influencer culture, into yes. cults, into um, bigger news stories, uh, because we didn't want to just do books for the rest of our lives. So there's so much there's more to trends, talk about in this world that aren't books yet, you know? Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Who had the original interest in self-help? That would be me, Jolenta. Um, <laughs> as I mentioned, I was a, a jack of all trades. I was a slash lost. I was, I was trying to sort of find my footing and working in a newsroom, you know, this, Oh um, yeah, you get sent so many books and it was my job as the administrative assistant to get all those books, open all the packages and basically sort through being like, this is something that the crew might be interested in covering. This is something that I'll put in the pile for like quick. It's mother's day. Grab a gift for your mom. Like done that before, bookshelf, right? <laughs> yeah. Like ooh, Valentine's day. Uh, my boyfriend likes to cook. Like, yeah, <laughs> like there's some cookbooks. Yeah. Um, oh, I used to do Christmas gifts out of the prize oh. closet at the radio station that I worked oh, at totally. in college. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm like, Oh, there's, and back then it was truly like the Ginsu knives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pretty much gosh. every as seen on yes. TV project oh, yeah. could be found in the star one or two. 2.5 price closet. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I started hoarding like some of the self-help books that were coming in because I'm like, no one's going to cover these. They're a hard news show. And my life feels like a bit of a mess. So maybe I can find some answers in these books. And I started hoarding them. And then of course, because I was a performer and like need need just need a spotlight I was like what if I like record myself living by all these books and it's like a social experiment and then I was like well I probably should have uh you know maybe more of a control group around uh and Kristen uh <laughs> Kristen was a friend of mine who like isn't so into self-help she's much more scalp she's much more skeptical. She is a culture critic, you know, by profession. So she reads things to sort of pick them apart. And I thought she would be a great counterpoint to make sure I don't like get too carried away, end up joining a cult, all those things. She's sort of a, a good, a good balance for me. I love it. So Kristen, when you guys started getting into this and like really kind of living by the book, what were the, the the first things that you started noticing? Because disclaimer, I love the self-help section. I do. Because I find that no matter what the book, there's a little something in it that I can take away and I can probably apply to my life. There isn't a single one of them that has changed my life, but there's always like a little <laughs> yeah. grain of just dumb common sense that maybe you need a little reminder on. What did you as kind of the control in the group get out of it? Oh my gosh. Well, from the get-go, I was going in skeptical, as Jolenta said, and uh, I was having my skepticism reinforced because <laughs> a lot of what we were reading seemed to be um, coming from people who were born on third, third base who had the message, if I can do it, anyone can. And then you right. would scratch the surface and be like, oh, your parents paid for you to go to boarding school and then for you to get private tutors and then to go to an Ivy League school and then gave you a down payment for your first house and the first $500,000 investment in your first company. I don't know if your story actually is anything like mine. Yeah. And so I saw a lot of that from the get-go. I'm like, just a second. These people who say I can do what they did have a lot, um, a, a, 
a lot more help than the rest of us have in these matters. Um, I also noticed that there was from the get-go a lot of think yourself well, you know, um, power yeah. positive thinking. And I was actually brought up with a lot of that. And I still believe to a certain extent that we can choose to, you know, complain, 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 and only see the bad in things, or we can choose to see some good in things. But these books took it a step further and made me think, oh my God, they're like me on steroids. They're like, oh, you can just stop having cancer if you think this way. And I suddenly realized why some people don't want to look on the bright side, because if all the messages that they're seeing in books are, you know, essentially that, you know, you can, you can get over your health issues by just thinking this way. You can be a millionaire by thinking this way. I'm like, oh, I, I, can see why maybe my positive thinking gets on some people's nerves. <laughs> yeah. I feel like though, in the last, like, certainly five to 10 years, influencers and social media has like exploded that because when we were growing up, Norman Vincent Peale and the power of positive thinking, mm -hmm. and even the Franklin day planner that used to have all the little oh, inspirational yeah. messages oh, at the bottom. Do you remember yes. that? You know, yes. Oh yes. Wow. I feel I like one of those. <laughs> I did too. That. I used yeah. to remember you went to the mall and then you added your pages in it had the little inspirational things and it wasn't necessarily religious, but it kind of had that vibe to it. Right. But I remember like, that's, that's what I remember it starting with. And now I can't pick up, you know, my phone and scroll Instagram without somebody telling me to drink water, to have a vision board, to, yes. you know, like a, a checklist to betterment at all right. times. Um, so it feels like, you know, like that, that whole industry, which is an industry has just exploded, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. And it also becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy, that industry, because a lot of like, I have a joke. I'm sure it's like the way I've like messed up my own algorithm, but I like to like see how far I can get on TikTok before I hit a video that says the word manifest or manifestation. <laughs> how many is it? It's usually like five, five to seven. I've, I've hit some like pretty strong self-help algorithms, it seems. <laughs> uh, but then you have influencers who are like, look at me. I manifested this career of telling you to manifest out of nothing. And now I'm like raking it in. And so like, it's just become this sort of manifestation, like, uh, you know, snake eating its own tail. Yeah. So as you guys went through all these books and went through all these episodes and then wrote the book, How to Be Fine, and then transitioned into this new podcast, which is named after the book, where you're on kind of the opposite side, kind of giving the advice after taking in all this stuff. What were the, who were the people or the, the, the self-help experts who did resonate with you where you're like, okay, they're maybe onto something. Like who are the good ones that you found? You know, we, even, even with the bad ones, as you said, sometimes there is some good even in the bad ones. Um, but I would say the overall really, really good ones, there aren't a ton of them. But uh, both Jolenta and I did like the books that Mike Viking wrote. He wrote a book called The Art of Making Memories, which okay. both got a lot out of. That book has um, not just a focus on remembering things that happened in the past, but living a meaningful life where the moments that you're in, you'll remember later. And he has actual concrete tips and tricks for that, which a lot of self-help books don't. Most self-help books don't have action items of do one, two, three, four, and five. A lot of them are just like, think of the world this way. Now imagine this. And um, so we we liked that book by Mike Viking, partly because of the message he was sharing, but partly because he actually concretely lays out tips for us. Um, 
I also really liked Jane Goodall's book, The Book of Hope. And again, she has four steps. These are the things that you can do to not walk through this world feeling completely hopeless with climate change, with racism, mm -hmm. with structural inequalities. These are things that I do, I, Jane Goodall. And I, I, I found that really, really helpful. Jolenta, I know, has a very long list of books as well. <laughs> well, I was going to say... Uh, books that resonate with us tend to be by like actual doctors as opposed to ones with honorary degrees, people who have done actual research in a field and then written a book about it or are practicing, you know, physicians in a field and write a book on it. Those ones tend to land better. Um, what to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Dr. Shad Helmstetter is a great example where it is a book that talks a lot about uh, psychology and how our brain chemistry works and the neural pathways and like how how and why we're sort of programmed to pick up on negative self-talk and like tips and tricks for how to adjust that and sort of habitualize maybe being a bit kinder to ourselves with our inner monologue. But it because it's written by someone who actually understands the field and is a true expert, um, it's a it's a good read and it like made a, an impact. Um, we also tend to like books um, that are about community building. Mm -hmm. Those authors, again, tend to be those authors tend to have to like heavily research a subject if they're going to tell you how to, you know, get into local government or, you know, build any type of community. Yeah. So community care is something that Jolent and I both, the more self-help books we read, the more we thought maybe we shouldn't constantly look inward. Maybe sometimes we should look outward. Maybe we can't just, you know, say an affirmation and feel better about ourselves when in fact, what's making us feel bad about ourselves is what's happening in the greater world around us. So yeah, anything that involves community care, maybe making our worlds a little bit better, maybe connecting with other people that can sometimes do a lot more than just looking at ourselves. Are there any big ones that you guys went through that have been super successful from maybe a sales standpoint, or they have a huge social following that just don't resonate with you. I won't ask you the ones you hate unless you want to give those up, but are there some that maybe you look at and you're like, I don't get it. I don't most get of, why this one yeah, did it. Most of the swear word books, all the, <laughs> I don't know if this is a swearing podcast or not. It, well, it's not. And it's right. funny that you but mentioned that because I've been, I've been pitched by those. And, yes. You know, um, all the, uh, any of the ones that have like buzzy swear words or just buzzy phrases, uh, a la a girl wash your face, if you will. <laughs> Any ones that are trying to do like trendy speak as titles, especially swear words, they tend to be what Kristen was talking about earlier. The sort of general, like, look at it this way. I swear it'll, it'll slay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned, um, girl, wash your face. I, and I was going to ask you this, um, have you ever been to one of the big convention or like speakers halls where some of the self-help people are. So for example, I interviewed Rachel Hollis. She was in town and I was in the second row of one of her big speeches. And it was very, I understand why people love it. It was very almost evangelical having gone to high school in the South. That's what I would equate it to mm. the fervor, the excitement, like it was powerful and it was energetic. But I wonder, like, have you guys spent time also doing that kind of thing? 
And what were your thoughts on it? I have not on purpose. I have accidentally <laughs> ended up in those situations where how do you, know, you accidentally end up there? Yeah, a motivational speaker um, would be brought into my high school, for example, to talk about how they, you know, they were once the kid who was bullied, but look at me now, you know. Yeah. Um, so my high schools uh, definitely occasionally would bring in inspirational speakers and how they got to where they are. And also, there was a hot minute when I was in college. I was working in the HR department of a company, and people who worked in human resources, a lot of them love an inspirational speaker yes. to come in first to have us do a personality profile test. You know, a I think it's because their jobs are so difficult. <laughs> yeah, and and so we'd frequently do those kinds of tests, and then before you know it, a speaker comes in and you know tries to rally us based on our type and get at the core of who we are as beings and so on. So, I've, you know, it's all by accident. I never sought these things out. They just happened to be there where I was working or studying. Right. Yeah. We haven't gone like in the capacity of our, of our sort of current job as, as self-help critics slash explorers. Um, but I've been, uh, I grew up in Oregon. So I went to sort of like a woo woo version of like, I went to like my friend's mom had some people over and like, uh, an expert of some sort, I don't know what. <laughs> and, uh, we like walked on hot coals and like broke arrows against our like chests. And it was that sort of like fervor of like, this is magical. Like we're capturing something and there's, there's power in the air. And it does feel like almost sort of, it, it gets into that sort of almost like religious fervor, like feeling for right. sure. That's funny. So take us into the new podcast now and how to be fine and how you're now incorporating the years of, of reading these books, living by these books, talking about these books to this new space. Yeah, so the episode is kind of, um, each episode is kind of two parts. One part is one of us diving into a topic that we really want to learn more about or something that's been, you know, coming across our social feeds a lot lately and telling the other all about what we have found, what we've researched. And we definitely research. We don't just have opinions. We each have anywhere from half a dozen to like 20 sources that we deep dive into and read about. And then we tell the other about what we learned about that topic. And as I said earlier, it could be anything in the wellness space. It could be a popular trend. It could be an influencer who has gone down in flames. It could be the darker side of something that seems really wonderful. And so we do that for about half the episode. And then the other half, because so many people write to us and ask our thoughts or our advice on things, we uh, dedicate the second half of the show to offering some advice and weaving in our own experiences and stories, always trying to be empathetic. Uh, in Jolenta's case, always being very funny. Jolenta's hilarious, always. And so, yeah, it's a little bit of the exploration of self-help still, because we still want to explore, you know, wellness and self-help. And then it's a little bit of us trying to help people feel a little closer to fine, but not be self-helpy in the way that self-appointed gurus are. We're not saying we're going to make you richer, faster, uh, you know, we're not going to make you the best person in the world. We just want you to feel a little bit better about who you are or where you are in life and not be so yeah. hard on yourself. I feel like fine is the new awesome. Like fine after the last couple of years is really good. That's all I'm aiming for at this point. <laughs> just an okay baseline that, that isn't miserable. Um. 
What is it about the, you know, wellness, betterment, um, improvement, motivation? What is it about it that you think, Jalenta, that we're so drawn to right now? Because every one of these little buzzy words, I love it. I can't get enough of it. I'm not living by any of it, but I still love learning about it. There's something about it just makes me feel good. Why are we so drawn to it? I do think like influencer slash hustle culture has just made it much more a part of the zeitgeist because like yeah. you have to have a certain sort of almost like self-help mindset to be like, I'm going to go at it on my own. I'm worth it. Like I'm going to try to influence this or like hustle that. And so I think there's that rise. And then something Kristen and I often talk about um, as far as like the wellness space um, and women, often um, there are lots of things we have questions on and need advice about that, like, isn't covered by either mainstream media, mainstream medicine. So we turn to these sort of alternative sources, uh, such as self-help. Mm -hmm. What is a good way to give someone advice? And what is a good way to take advice? Because I think advice is a tricky thing. We'll buy a book and do whatever it says, but when somebody who's close to you calls you out on something, sometimes that's really hard for people. Yeah. I mean, generally I'd say, unless somebody is asking for the advice, don't just give it. <laughs> Most people yeah. don't want to be told what to do, but if somebody is asking for advice or hinting like, oh, I'm not really sure what to do here. Maybe then you can step in. But of course, do so with empathy and do so remembering that what works for one person doesn't work for everybody. Um, and I would also just remember not to use words like you or universal. So here's, here's an example of what I mean by that. When I was mourning the death of my mother, People would constantly say to me, oh, when somebody really important in your life dies, you really wake up and you realize how short life is and you reconfigure everything and get rid of what doesn't matter. That's what you do. And I wasn't doing that. I was paralyzed in place for years. You know, I, I was staying with a boyfriend too long who I knew wasn't right for me. I was staying in a job too long where I was being treated like crap. And so the idea of giving advice to me, like, oh, this is what you do when this happens to, when people get sick, they really realize what matters in life. That's what you do. But that's, so I would say, avoid universals, talk to the person you're Love talking that. with, listen to what their real issue is. And also just remember that, you know, they're going to do what they want to with that. And maybe they're asking the advice, not because they're ready to make a change, but because they need to hear this and maybe they need to hear it for weeks or months or even years before they make the change they need to in their life. Um, maybe they just want to commiserate and that's fine, but don't get so invested if, you know, or get angry if like, oh, I gave them such good advice and they didn't do anything. You know, we all have our own path and we're going to do the best we can. Yeah. I want to reiterate what Kristen said, which is Wait until people ask you for advice because I have a problem of, of hopping in, hopping in unsolicited. Why and, am I not surprised? And, um, and also uh, one thing I've learned that's helpful, uh, just helpful to sort of adhere to, to what Kristen, one thing I've learned that sort of helped me adhere to the advice that Kristen just gave is uh, I try to stay stay away from also the word should. Like, here's what you should do is often what I want to say. 
And instead, you have to remember everyone's coming from their own unique perspective and maybe say, like, here's what I would do or here's what I've done in similar situations, because you can't tell the person what they should do. You don't exactly know their situation or their state of mind. All you can do is give a give your point of view and and it helps to sort of frame it uh in such a way that the the person you're giving advice to knows that you know like you two are different people right it's so funny i'm gonna i'm gonna stand up just for a minute to show you something normally be a little bit more prepared um i just did a podcast this week with a guy named dr ron alexander real doctor not fake doctor love a real doctor (laughs) i love a real doctor love alphabet soup and this is his self-book so his self-help book one of many called core creativity the gist of the book is don't use the word should so it's funny that you would yes. mention that. That's so funny. It's yes. about yeah. the psychology behind the word should and how it is truthfully the most stressful word that we say all the time. And it really, I think, falls into a lot of what the two of you have been doing for so many years now. Yeah. 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 It's some it's so loaded. It yeah. is loaded. Okay. And so speaking as far as oh wait, I was gonna say as far as yeah. taking advice, just try not to get defensive. That's my <laughs> only rule. <laughs> Because sometimes you'll want to be, and and sometimes you also should be taking in what the person's saying. So just try. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us where, how we can keep up with the the new podcast and what you have coming up. The first episode was about life coaches, which is awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, it's a very fun episode. Um, you can find us if you just search how to be fine in any pod catcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're also on Instagram, how to be fine pod. Yep. And um, we also, of course, have our book out. And for a lot of people, that's the best introduction to us is to listen to our audio book because it's kind of like listening to a supersized podcast for 10 hours of Jill and I talking. <laughs> <laughs> and the nice thing is that How to Be Fine, you still have all the back episodes of By the Book. So you can go backwards and go yes. down the rabbit hole the way I all did, which will allow you to hear it all. Yeah, you can just scroll back and listen to it all. They're that's all great. There. Well, Best of luck with the new podcast and the book. Thanks so much for being on today. It was really fun catching up with you guys. Aren't they fun? I really enjoyed that conversation. We actually recorded the conversation a couple of months ago just as How to Be Fine was getting ready to launch. So they've done a number of episodes since that time. So let me just tell you some of the topics that they've taken on these wellness topics. They have an entire episode on ice baths, which seem to be very popular these days. And then they have something on the buy nothing trend where you don't buy any new clothes or any new anything. You just like reduce, reuse, recycle kind of thing. And then they've got something, oh, this week's episode is about lucky girl syndrome. So it's the idea of manifesting things. Put it in the universe and the universe hands it to you. It's never worked for me, but I think a lot of people are really into it. Very like the secret, I would say. Thanks so much for listening this week. If you have a minute to screen grab and share this show with a friend, that would be amazing. The easiest way actually to share any podcast, if you want to like help a podcaster, um, which is always appreciated, is to look on the podcast app where you're listening right now. And probably in the upper right-hand corner, no matter the app, you'll see three little dots. Hit the dots and it will usually offer you options to share the episode. So you'll usually have an option to text, an option to email, or an option to share it straight to social. And that is an awesome way, not only to let a friend know about an episode that you think that they might enjoy, but also to help a podcast grow. And then of course, part two of that is leave a rating or review. 
Always appreciate it. If you have any comments about the show or you'd like to suggest a guest, you can always reach out to me. Easiest way to find me is on Instagram. You'll find me at runreadsip. Have a great week. Try to be fine, all right? I am, and I'll see you next time on the Dying Desk Podcast.